Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Chris Henry from the Apollo 13 Minute. And we're back for another week of, of and we've got... I, I am so excited because we've got, I mean, we're, we're doing these first two episodes, but our, our last three episodes in this series has some cool stuff coming up. As we, you know, we just finished uh, this past week um, with, uh, well, with one, one of the few remaining stars of, of the, best, uh, the best years of our lives. And uh, we'll be having some cool stuff. But we can talk about some cool stuff in, in this particular minute, which um, we're... Uh, we're here with uh, well, Homer and uh, Wilmer and are in that uh, <laughs> the, the world's worst shooting gallery. The, uh, yes, exactly. The uh, the parish garage. And, and isn't uh, isn't it terrible that every time I think of Homer and Wilma, I want I want it to be either Homer and Marge or Fred and Wilma. Yes. <laughs> I I am a cultural wasteland. I yeah. understand well, that, but I, you know I I blame Bert and Ernie from uh, uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful life. Uh, <laughs> That's where it all started, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, we we start with uh, Homer firing his gun, and and uh, we finish with uh, Homer saying, "I'm listening." So he he ends in a Fraser note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a Fraser note. Ah, uh, wow. Well, this garage, I I have serious workshop envy. I mean, I I know you know it, it's I live in Texas, so there are no there are no basements here, uh, uh, and attached garages just aren't big enough for for the kind of stuff you, you know you can't keep a cord of wood and a and a rifle range in your in your garage around here so it, it gets difficult but uh, you guys are northern men you have you've got basements and yep and all kinds of like atta- you know attached uh, unattached garages and breezeways and all kinds of things so I, I i envy that that kind of real estate where you can just kind of spread out and work work and tinker Yes, several times I come over to Hal's place and we just chew tobacco and make stuff out of wood. <laughs> yep, yep. We, uh, we, uh, we sat on the porch for a while, do some Whitlin. Yes, yes, yes uh, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. Make it, I, make I uh, shiv, I guess. I don't know. A shiv, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I tried to carve, I could guarantee you it would look like a, a I don't know what it would look like, but it wouldn't be, be something you'd want to buy at the art show. <laughs> no, it would be dangerous. Yes, but it is great looking around, uh, looking around Homer's shop, and just how well we've talked about this before, and, and in other scenes as well. Just how well dressed, dressed this is. I, you know, you see the and good old honest, you know, woodworking hand tools and things. Yeah, yeah, that bracing um, bit on the wall, and yeah. Uh, and I think I saw. A, did I see a hand drill? And then, of course, yeah. Just, and there's a, a plane. There's a there's, traditional there's a saw. Plane yeah. A couple of bicycle wheels, because you never know. Yeah, you know they, they could come in hand. bicycle. You know, you might yeah. need to build a tricycle. You, you right. Know, exactly. You need that extra wheel. Big square uh, just hanging uh, up there, and it's it's organized, but not perfectly. Yeah, all that you know? lamp cord that hanging on the which you know if if you'll recall from the movie The Music Man uh, when. Uh, the uh, the young the young upstart kid who uh, Harold Hill gives a, a task to do is to find out a way to hold music for a flute, and he said I'll need some wire. He goes, where can I get wire? He goes, well, get some wire down the base, the cellar. That's where people keep their wire. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Homer's not a cellar wire man. He's more of a garage wire man. My father. Well, no, go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say, growing up, my father had a. Uh, uh, a workshop like this. It was in the basement of our house. It didn't have the wood, but 
Um, but he had like those tools. And I always wondered, cause my dad, I, my dad was an awesome guy. He was a steel worker, not a handyman. So I feel that he had these tools cause he thought he was supposed to have them or they were like handed down to him. I never really did find out why he had these tools. Uh, I've never seen them used. <laughs> so <laughs> they were just good garage decor or basement decoration. And So uh, it, it was like going to Cracker Barrel, basically. It was. My dad was ahead of his time. He had Cracker Barrel uh, in his basement minus the pancakes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> wow. My, my dad spent most of his time rearranging things. He was trying to figure out the optimum way to store <laughs> stuff, but, but not, not to the point where he'd get a, uh, you know, it, it's like I went out and bought a, uh, you know, like the snap on tools, the stand up tool chest mm-hmm. and I was done. But my dad spent most of his time putting up pegboards and trying to figure out where to hang them so that he could find things. And then it would always wind up in a drawer somewhere anyway. So it just it didn't and really matter. Was he one to, uh, put a tool on pegboard and then trace the outline of it so you know that that's where that went oh, no that's going no, no. deep yeah that's yeah. that's yeah that's uh that's up there that's 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 a, a career in uh, retail merchandising i think <laughs> yeah i would agree yeah no he had lots of uh he was a welder so he'd bring home a lot of welding tools which he never used at home because he didn't he didn't believe in welding at home but he'd have like a welding mask and welding uh glasses and the goggles and um the uh you know the different tips and points right but he used to call it you know they'd sell they, they'd sell uh, arc welders at sears and he used to call them home electrocution kits because he figured <laughs> amateurs would use those kind of things he uses a big lincoln arc welder and he, you know <laughs> it's like you don't want to buy these uh, retail toys so uh, mostly it was just repairing the uh, I, I think most of most of those tools went back and forth between the the uh, the the workbench and the furnace. He was always working on the furnace, kind of like uh, Darren McGavin in, in uh, Christmas, Christmas Story. story. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was just I was, thinking that same thing. That, that was his battle yeah. was with, with down there weaving a tapestry of obscenity. One of <laughs> yes, the, one of the <laughs> yes. best lines in movie history. <laughs> yes, yes, and the, the the funniest part was my dad was a boiler maker, so this you know he, he took his work home with him working on the boiler down in the basement. So, um, but you know it passed the time, so he was fine. Can we just? Uh, before we uh, were starting in the green room, uh, Chris and I were just once again um, living in the silent hush of the the chapel of uh, of Wilma. She's just simply gorgeous. I mean, you can't help but just whatever's going on on the screen, you're just looking at Wilma. She um, is just terrifyingly plain and simple beautiful. Right, and and uh, the way she looks at Homer too. Yeah, is yeah. Just so. It's just just so earnest and so charming, and it, it's it's that you know tired old meme. But of course, in '46, it's decades ahead of its time. But you know, find somebody who looks at you the way Wilma looks at Homer. Yeah, and yeah. I, I know we talked about this. Uh, we've talked about this elsewhere, um, but interesting to me that uh, um, difference in in cultural norms, and even now, this would be very very much be a regional thing. Um, Certainly in in this part of the country, um, Homer just sort of picking up tinkering with a with a rifle and even having a little plinking at home wouldn't be sort of shocking. But if this were, you know, if this were other parts of the country now, this would be this would be horrific. Oh yeah, yeah. And, there'd be there'd be SWAT teams uh, descending on the in the backyard. But I, right. I, mean, I I can remember growing up. I mean, I lived in upstate New York and. Gosh, when around November, December came around, you'd be hearing pacow, pacow, and you know, and it's just oh, it's somebody practicing in their backyard, or they're you know, oh, did you know, deer season start already? And sure, 
you don't even think of it. Well, in the, the context of the film, too, like if you if you picture a movie made today, it was maybe one of the handful of areas where this movie is not quite ahead of its time, even though it is, I think, in just about every other respect. If you have a character who's struggling with, you know, he's struggling with some demons and he's got some things to overcome and there's a darkness to Homer and, and a depression to Homer. If we see, you know, this is Chekhov's rifle at this point. If yeah, we see it, exactly. If we see it in Act 1, then, dear God, something awful needs to be prevented in Act 3. Uh, you know, something terrible and self-destructive. Um, but that's not what this represents in this scene. This is just, he's he's home. I mean, he could be he could be planing some, some wood or, you know, tinkering with the engine on the, not that they'd have a tractor, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had they had powered lawnmowers at the time, and not many of them, but you know, it'd be an old Briggs and Stratton strapped to a rotary. Right. But you know, I, I think, and that and all the all the tools and the implements that are in this scene, they kind of show the use of hand. They're all hand tools, and you know, things right. like they've got all those wood chisels. You need two hands to use a wood chisel, and it, it's it, you can feel every moment of this is the life that Homer has to deal with now and how is he going to do it without his arms with, you know, um, right. And in, in some ways the, uh, I, the, when, as soon as you consider it from that, that through that lens, that expert set dressing becomes sinister. Uh, you've got that, that, uh, you know, that rotary hand drill up there, as you yeah. said, the chisels, everything else. Uh, it's, quietly mocking the man yeah it's cruel it's very it's very cruel um and you know the other side of this thing is homer as as we're getting into the the meat of the scene homer knows why wilma's there i mean he can he can you know focus on doing the doing this business with the rifle and stuff but homer knows that they're gonna have a talk one of these days they're gonna have a talk right and He's kind of worried that it is this. It's going to be this moment, and he's right. This is going to be the moment. So I think he's just trying to stretch things out as long as he can and go with the, you know, even even if he's firing at a target that's a darts throw away. Right. It's you know he's got to come up with something else to do besides having to face dealing with the big thing that's sitting between him and and Wilma. Right. She in not quite so many words, but she has said what what we all fear, you know, and that is we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> she's very polite about it. You know, I've been wanting to have a chance to talk to you. And it's, well, okay. Of course, she's she's Wilma polite, but still. Yeah. The, the yeah. message is the same. Yeah. It's, um, it's, you've got to go, you've got to, you've got to have that, have that chat that he is dreading and trying to figure out. And he keeps trying to push it off. I mean, there's this thing about, you know, what do you what do you want to talk about? <laughs> it's like, come on, Homer, you know exactly what she wants to talk about. It's about everything that's been going on. And uh, there's no there's no moms and dads around. There's no, you know, at that moment, there's no kids in the scene. It's just the two of them, the people that were going to be planning their future together. And uh, And you can tell, I think you can tell that Wilma has been... Wilma has been thinking this particular um, conversation through several times of how to deal with it and, and be, you know, and it's all the, it's all like the one minute manager thing. So be positive, start with a, you know, you done good. You did, you know, and she's like complimenting him on his uh, shooting skills at, at five feet and, you know, but she's got to get to the hard part next. And uh, I, you can feel people in the audience getting like, oh, this is going to be tough. 
Right. And then Homer's, uh, you know, Homer just flat out asks, you know, when when the talk finally starts, you know, and it, she says, we need to talk about everything about us. You know, what about us? We're all right, aren't we? And she doesn't, uh, she doesn't sugarcoat it. She doesn't hedge her bets. It's just no. Just flat, you know, flat no. And there's no... There's no turning back from that moment. You know, he could have said, well, we're all right, aren't we? And she could have said, well, yeah, I guess, you know, things are okay. It's just a couple things here and there, but it doesn't matter. Go back to your shooting, dear. You know, we could have we could have deflected one more, you know, one more round at this point. But uh, but instead, no, she confronts it head on. Yeah. 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 I think she's, you know, again, I think that's kind of a kudos to her character that she's, she's the sweet and charming girl, but she's also very brave. Yeah, and she's, and everything that she's saying, she's saying with love. She's saying, you know, it's like she she adores him. You look at every time, every time, like you said, you know, look, looking at Homer, like 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 Wilma looks at Homer, she deeply adores him and wants to ease his pain. But she's trying, you know, this is this is the route she laid out for herself before she walked in the door. What she was going, what the 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 construction of the chat was and she knows Homer well enough to know how he puts things off. Right. So cutting him off every time he said, you know, we're all right. And what, you know, why are you talking about this and all that kind of stuff? She, she tell the first time she tells him an order is listen to me. That's the first, you know, the first time she makes an imperative statement is listen to me. And you know, that's he, she knows that, Homer will listen to her. He might not like it, but he'll listen. Um, and uh, you know, it, it the dialogue is such an honest conversation. It doesn't feel manufactured. It it feels like what the characters would say without having to, you know, they're not reading off a of cue cards. It just feels like like an average conversation. Um, I. You know, and and you think about like 1946. This kind of conversation was happening with returning veterans all over the place. Of what about the future? What about us? And what about the girl they left behind? And all the ones that didn't get dear John letters. Right. Um, well, and that's the thing with. Uh, I, go ahead. I, I I hesitate to call it sort of the great tragedy, but with Homer, with he's not uh, he's not somebody that you look at in this movie and say. You know, boy, for a, a returning veteran who tragically really lost his arms, this guy does an okay job as an actor. And, you know, we look past his rough acting ability because of the other authenticity he brings to the part. He's just he's just completely natural start to finish. He's, he's I, you know, the first time, I think I had told you guys this before, the first time that I saw the film way back when, it wasn't until much later in the film that I realized, no, this actor really did lose the use of his arms. I didn't, you know, hadn't done any digging. It's kind of pre-internet yeah. days. Um, and uh, it was just, it was just a naturally good, solid actor in his own right. And it's, you know, it's obviously a shame that there wasn't more for him to do in Hollywood. Yeah. And yeah, the thing was, while he was, a lot of this, I think he was, I mean, this is a little bit before method acting, but I think a lot of this was channeling his own experiences. At the time, he had just gotten... He married a, a woman who was a, uh, I believe, a war widow with two kids. 
and they met and I'm sure he had a lot of these same questions of well is she does she love me or does she pity me and is she you know is she doing this out of charity so some of these some of these elements may be what you know what he's relying on that that he he bases his character on that foundation of well this is something that happened in my life you know just less than a year ago um it's uh, it's fascinating how strong Harold Russell's character comes through in this film as very natural and very yeah it doesn't feel uh, as we've said many times before it doesn't feel Hollywood when you're when you're here watching the two of them oh well um there's <laughs> there's a lot more to go th- this this we're gonna have to see where this conversation heads heads south uh, pretty soon <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's let's hold off on, t- on tomorrow about that but this is a, a good start to, uh, to to the week on this. Uh, so anyway, let's let's we'll uh, we'll talk more about this uh, tomorrow. For folks uh, wanting to reach out and uh, and and talk with us about this minute or previous minutes, uh, you're always welcome on uh, on social media over at uh, Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook or on Twitter at thebestminutes.com. Uh, you can find the Best Minutes podcast on any of your favorite podcasters: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Um, anyway, please join us here uh, next time on the Best Minutes Podcast. Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.